Welcome to Rooted Light, a show that centers on the path of being human first in the divine play of life on earth. This podcast aims to explore the bridge between mysticism and what it means to be a modern day human who is devoted to full spectrum healing. I am your host, Melanie Custodio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rooted Light. I know it's been a while since I have done a podcast episode, and I've been sort of processing some interesting tendencies I have around avoidance and perfectionism. And yeah, so. I I recognize that I have a funny relationship when it comes to consistency um, and showing up for things on a regular basis. And when I started this podcast, I knew that it was very, very likely that I would, this would not be the kind of podcast that you would expect to have a new episode every week or anything like that. I I knew that that would not be the case, but um, (laughs) I also find myself still kind of wishing that I had more access to a little bit more consistency with it. But as you can see, um, with the theme of this podcast episode, it's going to, I think, shed a little bit more light around maybe why I'm healing my relationship with consistency and with um, perfectionism, which I think many of us have. Um, Yeah. But aside from that, I just want to give you guys a quick catch up on my life, I guess. And I have been having so much space. It's been really lovely. And also it has brought to the surface a whole lot of fear and insecurity and a desire to want to control what happens next. Um... Yeah, I think I think I will leave it a little vague like that. Um, it is now December, and I live in the northern part of New England. And it is basically the sun is coming down right now at four thirty, and it's under twenty degrees outside, and. With all of the darkness and all of the stillness, and with just my idle time that I've been having, yeah, I just feel a mix of stir crazy, a mix of like something burgeoning. ready to blossom underneath the surface but it's not quite ready yet and with that I'm reminded a lot of trust and trust will be 
the central theme to this to this episode today and more specifically i'm going to speak to my relationship with trust and maybe you can relate to it so trust to me has historically been a pretty fickle thing <laughs> and one of the realizations i've come to over the years is like actually seeing trust and seeing what it just what it is which was very foreign to me and now i'm not referring to the endless clichés that exist in new age spaces and in self development wor worlds that refer to trust in sort of this ungrounded and intangible way i think you can relate to that i i I think you can where, you know, there's, you could scroll on Instagram and you could see endless, endless affirmations that say like surrender, trust in the process, all of these things. And they're lovely words to, to hear and wonderful reminders. But Maybe for you, like it has for me in the past and even sometimes now, it feels difficult to relate to. It feels really difficult to actually wrap my hands around trust. For many years, I have struggled with trust in my past, with trust in my work, trust in the process. And often my mind would enter a state of panic when I would hear that affirmation. Oh, you just need to trust in yourself. Or if I'd pull like an oracle card, it's just like, trust. And <laughs> just like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> it's almost like, I don't know if you, any of you can relate to this. But when you're really dysregulated or really angry or stressed out and you're sort of exuding that and then someone close to you tells you to calm down, <laughs> just like drives you absolutely fucking crazy to hear that because it's like, don't tell me to calm down. And that's kind of the feeling that I got for many, many years whenever I was asked to trust. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. Don't tell me to trust. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be in my body. You don't know. Like, it, yeah, just kind of spiraling in that way. And so I found myself just like, okay, trust. What does it mean to trust that I don't need to control? Okay, I got that. Not controlling. Wait, but am I, am I doing that right? Are my attempts of not controlling actually controlling in disguise? And then I continue to run in a hamster wheel of what the meaning of trust is in my mind and if I'm doing it right, <laughs> which is not the energy of trust at all. And so as I've slowly <laughs> worked my way of trial and error in my life, 
I have found that relating to trust feels more like relating to an energy that is living, sort of like an invisible friend. And I think we've all taken part of a friendship where it feels a little one-sided. I think you know what I mean. And so these are the friends that they just take on this energy of maybe being the main character in your sort of this supporting role. Which don't get me wrong, like any friendship, like you're there for support. But there is a sense of, you know, seasons and, and cycles with friendships where there are seasons where you may need more support and then maybe the other person needs more support. But I'm kind of speaking to the, the relationship where, it again, it, it's, it seems to be a little bit more one-sided. And so you're sitting there as the friend, listening to your other friend, kind of going off on tangents. And you sit there time after time again, patiently validating them affirming them, offering gentle reframing, maybe providing them guidance if it seems welcome. But you know that friend continues to loop in their own problems. They're not quite recognizing that their lack of acceptance of the present moment is exactly what's keeping them from moving forward. You continue to affirm, you continue to validate, until you recognize enough is enough and it's time to call them out on their bullshit if they're ready. And that's a big caveat because not everyone is ready. And I think a good friend knows when that is um, available. That is in uh, the, I think a good friend knows when the, when the person in front of them has the capacity to be called out on their bullshit. So that's very important. But Needless to say, you call them out on their bullshit and they, that they are indeed standing in their own way. So just painting that picture, I think we've all been in that sort of dynamic. And I just want to go down a little story in my life of how trust has been that friend to me. And Trust finally told me after 28 years that it wanted to actually be real friends and not just this disembodied concept that I could not relate to. A friendship that has something to stand on and that could show me the areas where I could actually grow. So I have, and I, I recognize that this is going to come off as a little resentful, and that is not what I intend, but I will call a spade a spade. And I will say that I have constructed so much of my life based on mostly inauthentic desires that were fueled by fear and social conditioning. 
I'm going to say that again. So much of my life, the decisions that I made in my life were based mostly on inauthentic desires that were fueled by fear and social conditioning. And other things like generational trauma and all blah, 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 other things too. But I won't say that the life I've created up until this point was entirely in vain. But in retrospect, I could see how that path could have had a lot more flow, a lot more grace and ease if I had developed a better relationship with trust. So we're gonna go down to story time. <laughs> and I, some of you have maybe heard some of these stories, so bear with me. And I am deliberately choosing a very extreme time, like a very palpable extreme time to sort of uh, convey the process of of my yeah the process of me learning what trust is so we're going to go way back in time <laughs> to my high school years and i wasn't like a regular high schooler i feel like i mean maybe there were other high schoolers like me there definitely were but i most high schoolers really were rebelling and not interested in school at all. Um, but when I look back on high school, I carried the entire weight of my future on my shoulders. And I am not exaggerating that. I, I just, I could not relax. I'd come home from school and immediately finish my homework. So then I could go to my part-time job, come home, eat dinner, and cry in my bed while I study for my history exam into the late hours of the night into the next day. That was a pretty typical day in the life for like the like two years of my high school career, about like two and a half years. To me, I needed to get the A on the exam so I could get an A in the class, so I could get a 4.0 GPA, so I could get into the good college, so I could get accepted into the good medical school, so I could get a job that I could finally be proud of myself for and make enough money so I could be happy. That, I'm not exaggerating, that was honestly my logic. And if you can just feel into how much pressure that is and how many steps and how even just the slightest thing in that equation that could go off would set me up for failure in my mind. Now, I don't share this to shame my younger self or to illustrate how different I, I am now than I was then. That's, that is not the point of this. I share this because my friend Trust never even had a seat at the table. 
I remember fear and worry consuming me. Like I said, if I fell short in any one of those steps of that equation, I would feel like I wasn't enough. And it often led to me feel like nothing would ever work out for me and that I would never get what I want if any one of those steps were off. So I got many A's in high school. I did graduate with like a four, just about a 4.0 GPA. And there were many a times when I truly felt like I was going to fail an exam. Like, that I have, I studied so hard and I applied myself so much, but my body, like upon like entering an exam, despite how much I prepared for it, I literally, like you could not convince me that I was going to do well in it. Like I, I, I just always prepared myself for the worst and would walk into an exam and feel like I would fail. And, but what would end up happening was I'd always like get the score back and at the worst case scenario, it would be like a B. So there was my, my friend trust saying, Hey, Melanie, you're doing it. You can loosen your grip a little, be proud of yourself, let go. But I wouldn't learn. <laughs> I wouldn't learn. I would repeat the same cycle over and over and ignore trust. Just like that friend that patiently listens to your same problems over and over. Flash forward a little bit was the time when the ground underneath me began to crumble. When I found myself receiving rejection letter after rejection letter in the mail from all of the colleges that I so deeply wanted to go to. I'm not kidding. They like span, they, in, a, in a month, in about a month's time, I just kept on receiving rejection letters in the mail. And at that point, I was absolutely devastated of course i i was the i just felt so called out i felt like the universe was like laughing in my face a big fat joke like you spent the last 3 years working your ass off for nothing oh you pr are probably wondering like why i didn't got so many rejection <laughs> letters and um I, I definitely applied to colleges that were way, way, way out of my league. And I had like a, not an accurate, uh, per, I didn't really have an accurate picture of like what type of student I was. So I wasn't very well rounded. <laughs> um, I didn't have the whole, and anyways, that, and I did not score well on my standardized test, but that's, that's, and I think other divine reasons, which I'm getting into now. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to the story. There was one college that I applied to that I knew with certainty that I had like an easy in. It was like my safety college. But of course, like this college was 
also happened to be like the very last college I wanted to go to. To me, this college represented mediocrity and settling and where everybody else is going. <laughs> I didn't have valid reason, reasons for not liking the school. I, I actually did tour it prior to applying and secretly thought it was pretty nice. But that's not the point. The point was that I had worked so hard to get into a better school I had these goals, I had a plan, and this was not part of the plan. So I think you can see where the story is going. Yes, I was accepted to this, to this school, my safety school, and I spent the next four years having the best fucking time of my life. It was everything that I needed from a college experience, again, at that point in my life. Looking back, I can see in subtle little ways how I was divinely guided to meet certain people and have certain experiences during my college experience to learn deeper lessons, reach greater levels of my own maturity, because as you can probably gather, I still had a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> and also expand my sense of what was possible for myself in a digestible way. So I want to emphasize that this particular college at that point in my life was the perfect cocktail of experiences for what I still, like my soul lessons were, what I still needed to learn and to set me up for my next steps. Now, I'm sure we can all throw a platitude on that story and be like, well, when one door closes, another door opens, end of story. But to me, it's less self-centered than that. To me, that story represents trust as an energy finally speaking up for itself and saying, Hey, I know you think you know what you want. And I know that you think you know what's best for you. But you don't get to run the show all the time. And you need to give me a chance to have a more active role in this relationship. And I would love to pat myself on the back and say, and then I had a healthy relationship with trust and I learned to let my high my heart guide me, <laughs> which of course <laughs> was not the case. So it is true, and they say that a pattern will repeat itself in your life in many ways, forms, and complexities in order for it to be truly transformed. So there were many more lessons to that. So how this took form, the next lesson was I reached my last year of college being like, well, shit, all my friends have internships and grad school plans lined up for them. What am I going to do with my life? <laughs> and in the span of about three months, I remember this very well. 
I decided to make a decision relying primarily on my mind and again, my avoidance of fear. And I set myself on track to, to invest in a very expensive and very exhausting graduate, graduate school program. And I realized that sentiment seems mired in regret and I don't necessarily regret this decision, but I do feel as though my soul chose this path to learn how to transform fear and control and to lean into trust once again. So many of you know, I went to physical therapy school at that point. What was the difference this time? So this time when I was entering in graduate school versus when I was in high school, I had a lot more confidence in my abilities and my ability to, to succeed in an academic environment. It wasn't like in high school where I was constantly panicking for my safety. My capacity for trust improved some, but the trust that existed was the trust that I could graduate, that I could pass, and I could become a physical therapist. It, it wasn't like this, this wonderful sense of trust in the unfoldment or trust in the great mystery. <laughs> it was just trust that I could actually do the thing. Um, did I still worry often? Yes. Did I spend an excessive amount of time wondering what kind of setting will I work in? Where will I live? What will the next five years of my life look like? Yeah, I did all of that. So the trust shifted. I was at, it, it just took on a different costume. I was at this point in my life where I knew trust was there, but it was still my responsibility in my eyes at that point to get shit done, to make a plan, to make it happen. So again, a lot of you know this, but I graduated. I graduated PT school and then jumped into a job right after. And after working full time for two and a half years, I was deeply burnt out. My plan didn't really work. I accomplished what I set out for and my soul was tired. When I was in the darkest recesses of my mind, I could hear a soft voice say, do you see now? Do you see that your mind thinks it knows what's best for you? And yes, you are very smart and you're hardworking, but you may not always know what you need. Can you let me help you now? Can you let me hold you and show you more of who you are? So that was my friend Trust, finally having an opportunity to speak. So that encompassed a two-year Saturn return process of me grieving the hopes that I had for myself. The hopes of happiness and fulfillment after a 10-year process of, settling, of setting goals and accomplishing them. 
I was forced to sit with my pain, to fail fast by trying different versions of the same career, to only find myself still feeling hollow, exhausted, uninspired, and dis disillusioned to my identity. And I was cornered. I could not rush this process. There was nothing to hold on to anymore. There was no plan in place, no goals to set. I was forced to soften. I, the only way I could find nourishment was by leaning into practices such as meditation and deepening into my own spirituality. And I want to add a little asterisk here and say, this is not an invitation necessarily for you to do what I did. If you find yourself in that void space, you will know what is nourishing for you. And you trust that. But anyways, I found little invisible signposts disguised as synchronicities. And so, yeah, when I was in this, this place, this dark place, and I was softening, and the only thing that made me feel a sense of spark or feeling alive was my practice and, and learning and and deepening in my my um, beliefs and trust showed up as just little little signs and these little signs it was almost as as if they were saying like this way over here yeah you're doing it keep going and I hope that makes sense they were almost like little divine breadcrumbs that showed up in my external reality that helped give me the necessary feedback I needed to know that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Sometimes they appeared as a vision or a voice in meditation, only then to show up in the external world as a related text message from a friend. That sort of thing. Or sometimes it was like hearing the same, um, like somebody mentioned the same name all the time or the same idea to me. Have you ever tried this? Have you heard of this? Over and over again. And I was like, and then after I, I make the connections of like, oh, I think this is for me. <laughs> To me, this was trust lending its hand. I finally gave it the space to speak, a seat at the table to have a voice, and it was finally talking to me. So I would then follow those divine breadcrumbs and notice myself slowly becoming more inspired, slowly accessing more of a very deep, 
yet new exciting layer of myself. As I continued to peel these layers, I also became more able to allow space for trust to guide me. The more I tended to myself, my heart, what inspired me, and what felt like it was regenerative for me, what gave me life force, the more trust was ready to hold my hand and quite literally open the aligned doors and experiences that were truly aligned to my soul. So where am I at now? <laughs> I am so fucking excited and simultaneously absolutely humbled by the process of trust. And this process that I have been describing in my unfoldment over the last few years, I can just feel into this new embodiment of myself. And part of that is future oriented. A part of that is like I can get a sense of the person that I'm becoming. But another part of that is just reflecting on all of those layers that I've peeled off over the years to 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 help reveal my true truer essence. And I'm just so excited and exhilarated by the connections that I'm making, the the um the work that inspires me, which it has a lot to do with the physical body and the nervous system, subtle energy work, ancient wisdom traditions, and my own intuitive awareness. And like, yeah, <laughs> like I know that that's where I'm going, but I also don't know where it's taking me. And I recognize that that's the whole, that's the whole point. <laughs> I, as you can see through my history, I don't have to know what it's, where it's going to take me. And that is getting to know trust on a deeper level. It's almost like, when I think of where I'm going and when I get a feel into my where leaning into trust has taken me and where it continues to take me, it almost feels like, um, well, I hope some of you are probably old enough to remember photographs from film cameras and how they needed to be developed. So the vision that I like see where I'm going, it feels like the beginning stages of a photograph that's like starting to develop and starting to come to life. Like you can make out the outlines, but you don't really know exactly what's in the photo yet. And obviously, like this is just an example and the photo is a static moment in time, but 
I'm speaking more as a metaphor and that the photo actually represents more of a dynamic, moving, living image of what my future contains. So bear with me. The point being is I trust that there is something in this photo and I don't know the, what the whole picture looks like and I have no idea what the details are, but it's as real to me as having the photo in my hand and seeing kind of the potential that's in it. Now, when I talk about these older versions of myself, a younger version of me, prior to befriending trust, my future felt a lot more like me with a pen and a paper and creating charts and tables for my future. I felt the heaviness of compartmentalization and coming up with linear patterns and strategies to achieve a certain outcome. Can you feel into that difference? My mind was, was in control and my heart, who is secretly best friends with trust, had no say in the matter. So I am still developing and deepening my friendship with trust. And I know it will never end and it will only grow deeper. But I still sometimes take advantage of her. I know that she is really good at giving me those divine breadcrumbs. And I find myself hungry for more and more. She tells me to wait, to be patient. Because I have such an undeniable, an undeniable and resonant sense of a more aligned future for myself, I get so excited that I try to race to connect the dots and fill in the details to make that vision come to life. But then I remember that this is a lot like the strategy I used many times over that led me astray. The medicine is in the natural unfoldment. It's in the empty space, the void, the periods of tension and contraction. This allows the layers to unpeel and for me to see something I did not see before. Just like when your friend reaches that breaking point in her life, that is when she is most receptive, most tender to this perspective that you have to offer. Trust is that friend that's ready to give you that perspective once you give her the space to offer it. Sometimes we need to fall to the ground to see the world from a different angle. This is what trust has to offer all of us. Alrighty, friends. Well, it was really nice to chat again a little bit more about trust and to talk to all of you and to connect with all of you. I want to give you, just like I would, 
I, I wrote this a little earlier today and I remembered that I had a divine breadcrumb sort of happen for me just yesterday. And basically like I, I, I did speak to about how I feel pulled to kind of work, go in a direction, but I don't really exactly know where that's going to take me. But one of the directions that I felt pulled into is a specific type of body work that I'm interested in learning more about. And for like a, a week and a half, maybe two weeks, I was thinking to myself, I need to reach out to this friend. I feel like there's, well, one, I miss her and I'd like to connect with her. But two, I also feel like there is something here that I need to, there, there's just something here. So I reached out to her, we had a bite to eat. And I was telling her, I was like, I know that you know a lot about this body work modality. And this is something that I am interested in. Do you know of anything that's happening? And she goes, literally in like three days, there's like this, this amazing elder intuitive woman who teaches this amazing version of this modality and my friend and a few other people are going to her house to learn it in like a few days <laughs> and I was like count me in <laughs> so this is if I had to speak a testimonial to what trusting in your process and leaning into your heart and opening up to your intuition it is that that is a perfect example of it now i've had like hundreds of those sort of little things happen over the course of the last few years when i've opened myself more into trust but i just kind of wanted to speak to that a little bit um, as always, this podcast is very much built on the energy that I receive from all of you. And any gesture is so, so appreciated. If that is literally just giving me like five stars, if that's subscribing, if that's just like sending a blurb to your friend, if that's following me on Instagram, if that's, you know, sending me just a message and being like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Or, oh yeah, I've been going through that as well. Like, you have no clue, like how much that just makes my day. So, uh, if you feel called, please, please um, spread the energy, spread the love in whatever way that feels good for you. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.